Welcome! Y saludos, amigos! A nuestra presentación, Revenge of the Pod, a pop culture pod primarily focused on film and television. I'm your host, Luigi, and this is my co-host, Jason. Say what's up, brother. What's up, everybody? Glad to have you back this week. Uh, we're in for a pretty good one today. Now, we're excited to have you guys. As Jason mentioned, it's a pretty good one. It's straight to the point. Uh, let's get into it. How you been, Jason? Uh, pretty good, man. Um, we, well, I don't know if you've been keeping up with it, but uh, finally uh, concluded the uh, NCAA tournament. And I just want to give a quick shout out to the UConn uh, um, boys for winning the NCAA championship. There you uh, go. Special shout out to uh, Tristan Newton. Um, fun fact, uh, Luigi, he is a Burgess alumni. Uh, he so he's an El Paso native, and uh, he's actually the cousin of Aaron Jones, running back for the Green Bay Packers. And that is uh, an athletic family right there. That is one athletic family, man. So yeah, huge shout out. It's always fun to support, um, you know, uh, El Paso athletes because uh, it, it's pretty tough to get out of that city just because uh, not a lot of recruits are recruiting out of that city. But hey, it, a lot more has been happening, and uh, yeah, hopefully more athletes come out of uh, our city and. Uh, represent for us, you know. I'd agree. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm happy for him. Shout out to 915, dude. Yeah, man, this is cool, man. So hopefully, uh, he has potential to possibly make it to the league. I don't know if, how great he can be, but uh, you never know if he keeps working at it. Uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, it could be like a solid. You think he could do solid role player, or actually be like borderline uh, star? You know borderline I mean? like, like, like bench bench player maybe role player would probably be his thing um okay, there's okay. so much talent out there like i mean don't get me wrong he's dude's good but like it's just it's just so tough to make it into the nba there's only 30 teams and only 15 people on a roster each so that's that's not a lot man it's not a lot yeah um well here's to and, tristan newton proving you wrong right so we can get another burgess alum uh, among the greats in the pros, you know, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, shout out to the LSU women for winning the NCAA tournament. Um, unfortunately, there's just been controversial trash talking. That's that's kind of just been the main topic. One of the LSU girls, although she's a fucking badass, uh, Angel Reese, uh, she was kind of taunting one of the girls that they've been talking about on the Iowa team that they defeated. Um, totally different. Uh, in my opinion, it's totally different with the way they were both uh, doing this trash talking, but that's kind of just what's been the conversation, But which is kind of unfortunate because uh, these LSU women did do a great job. Personally, I don't care if she's trash talking. Um, at the same time, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I just – it's 50-50 for me. Uh, I don't really care if she won. Let her talk her trash, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, Well, here's my question, Jason. Basketball – is like notoriously known as a smack talk game. Exactly. It is a super mental. It's always like it it has always been about like getting into somebody's head just as much as it is about like having the talent to do great things. Like Michael Jordan talked a ton of trash. So did Kobe Bryant, two of the greatest players of all time. Like was it over the line? Like was it like hey this person um, Cross well, the line here. Sometimes. I will say this because you brought up Michael Jordan, and uh, one of my friends brought up a good point. Shout out Jermaine, J Man. Um, there's a video of Michael Jordan. Is like, I like how they're talking trash when they win one game, right? You know, when they're winning, uh-huh. they're talking a lot of trash. But when it's zeros, they don't be saying nothing, and that's kind of what happened, right? 
Uh, they were up by 15, and the game was pretty much over, and that's when she started doing her talking. Do, do uh, the talking throughout the game is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Uh, okay, um, yeah, that's fair. So th- that, that would probably be my only take. Uh, the way uh, everyone's doing it right now on social media and the media, the way they're doing it, it's, it's way out of proportion. Uh, they're making it like a race thing. So it's just kind of like, oh, come on, guys. It's, get out. It, it's basketball, bro. Let them talk to the trash. But, yes, the only thing that kind of was just like, if you're going to talk trash, talk trash throughout the whole game and not just yeah. when, you're, when you're up. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's, I'm about to say something that sounds weird, but it sounds like a cowardly winner because she mm-hmm. wasn't confident enough to talk trash throughout the whole game. But yeah. when she knows she's – you know what I mean? Like there was no exactly. uh, chance that, that, being taken. That was my only thing about it. Other than that, bro, she played phenomenal throughout the whole tournament. Her, if you check her stats, bro, she was fucking amazing. So maybe – yeah, all right, cool. Let her talk her trash. Uh, and then uh, we'll see. She's only a sophomore in college, so you know there's a lot more uh, for her to come. So, well, we'll see what what, what happens, bro. Everyone's yeah, gonna forget about it next week. So I'm sure it doesn't <laughs> sound like it's that that crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, shout out to men's UConn. Shout out to LSU women's team. Congratulations, uh, Jason. What you doing this weekend? Uh, this weekend. All right. So it's uh, we are recording on a Tuesday, April fourth. I am headed down to El Paso, man, for Easter break. Uh, Jamie's coming along with me, so we're we're excited to see my family. We're going to try out some local restaurants. Uh, do you have any recommendations for me? Because the last time we went, last time I took her to El Paso, it was uh, nothing but home-cooked meals. So she's like, hey, I appreciate your family cooking and stuff, but like, what are some local spots that we should head up? You got a pencil you know? and paper? I, I got it right here, man. I, I okay, okay, yeah. okay. I know you've already got some on lock. Like, uh, I know it's not called Papa's Burgers anymore. Eric, uh, we're going there. I already took her there once. Uh, we're okay, going back okay. there because we love that place. You've it's got to take Burger. her. Eric's Burgers. Yeah. You've got to take her to Kiki's for the enchiladas or the machaca. Uh, bro, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be food. mad at me. I don't like Kiki's, bro. I think it's overrated. Uh, I mean, it's okay to be wrong every once in a while, but you shouldn't deprive her of that. You know what I'm saying? I had better in children. Um, let's put it that way. Okay. Well, you know, I like I said, it's okay to be wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you shouldn't deprive <laughs> her of it. <laughs> Jamie, don't let him do uh, this to you. No, I'm, I'm taking her to track one. Um, don't let her get anything but the wings. That, 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 <laughs> double dip, baby. That's where we're going. <laughs> Gabby went before and she it wasn't with me, but she got like a salad and some other stuff. And you know that the, the, the service is terrible. Yeah. And the other food isn't really very good. So you're like, this place yeah. is trash. She was like, this place was trash. I was like, you gotta try the double dip wings. Uh what, what that's what you are, go there for. One thing we are doing because we're going country dancing. Um right after you know, when we're coming home, we're hitting up when we're drunk as shit. We're hitting uh-huh. up, uh, Chico's Tacos because that's the only way you we can enjoy it. So that uh, sounds about right. We're we're doing that. She wants the Chico's Tacos experience, even though I feel like I make better ones. Uh, my mom was able to make like a kind of reincarnate it, and uh, Ooh, it's okay. so much better, dude. So so oh, much sure. So Chico's, listen, I don't mean to disparage Chico's, but it used to be good. better. There's it used better. to be really it's good. <laughs> You know where you should take her to for some great uh, fried tacos? Uh, Gabriel's. They also have really good Ooh, alambre. Yeah. Now, if you can't go to La Cometa, though, Cometa has the best flautas and a great tacos alambre. But Gabriel's, solid, dude. Solid. Right, now, bro. one last recommendation. This one's in Canutillo. 
but I would recommend it over all of them. You just gotta you gotta put out a put out a pretty penny. It is called Victoria's Mexican Grill. I promise you, you will not regret going to this place, and I promise you, you will like everything you try. All right, man. That's a that's that's kind of a trek, but. I thought, you're gonna say, uh, I thought you were going to say Fabens and Kettleman's because that's another spot that I fucking absolutely love. Oh, that's a dope place, but I'm telling you right now, man. I'm telling you right now. Do you recall around New Year's when I sent you guys a picture? This is a pod, pod text of a gigantic steak with an enchilada and... Um, mm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's this place. Okay, bet, bet, bet. All right, well, we try it. We really only have Saturday to try places, so we're on a tight window because Sunday, obviously, we're doing Easter with the family where we have a cookout yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff and doing all that. So it's going to be a tight window for us, but we're definitely, uh, I appreciate these because uh, then maybe next time we come visit again, just because we'll uh, definitely have these on the list to go. Uh, Let me know what you try. Let me know what you ever try. What about you, man? What are you doing for Easter? Are you coming down to El Paso? I'm not. Uh, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be making some great food here, though. I'm gonna be making uh, Puerto Rican pulled pork called pernil. Uh, we're gonna be doing some salpicón and a few other things, and of course, an Easter egg hunt. So that'll be a good time. Uh, let's get into trailers, man. What have you been seeing, man? Well, I, we got quite a bit of news this week. Uh, there's just been a, a lot of stuff that's popped up. Uh, the Blue Beetle uh, trailer came out. Uh, pretty, it looks pretty fun, dude. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Shazam, uh, but like Hispanic. Yeah, yeah. focused <laughs> on one hero too. Yeah, it, it, I could definitely see that. I, I definitely see a lot of comedy in it, so that'll be it'll be fun, man. I I'm definitely gonna watch it. So I'm interested in Blue Beetle. The costume looks really good yeah it looks pretty it's dope. really uh, good yo uh jermaine was saying that uh because i don't re- i didn't read i didn't know about friend Beetle. of the pod shout out room 303 yeah shout out room 303 friend of the pod he was telling well because i didn't know about blue beetle until injustice 2 came out right mm-hmm. so because mm-hmm. they introduced him into the fighting game it's a video game guys injustice 2 play it's really fun fighting game kind of like mortal kombat creators of mortal kombat anyways um Lead you, uh, Jermaine was saying that uh, Blue Beetle, the comics, is actually he's based out of El Paso. Like he went to El Paso High School. Like that's where he's from. So, that's crazy. That kind of uh, sucks. It's not there anymore. Yeah, in, in the trailer, saying that he's from Palo Palmero City or something like that. It's a fake city, saying, I think. like California ish, kind of like Miami based. Yeah. So, oh, really? Okay. Miami yeah, that was kind of disappointing. Like, oh man, that'd be kind of cool. Show some El Paso love on that. But hey, no, it's okay. Um, but I, I thought that was a really interesting. I was like, oh, cool. I didn't know that uh, there was a comic about like just showing uh, with Blue Beetle that did not know he was from El Paso. So I thought that was really cool. So um, yeah. George Lopez is in it. That's cool. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. Um, yeah, it looks like it, it's going to try. Like I said, it just feels like a Shazam, but Hispanic. Like I feel like it's going to try and hit us with some comedy, but like also action. So it's kind of it feels like it's gonna lean towards that. It feels like uh, for me. Uh, overall, though, it, look, it looks pretty fun, and uh, I definitely would want to watch this on in the theater. Yeah, Susan Sarandon's the bad guy. It'll it'll be interesting. Um, it's coming out August eighteenth, 
So we got some time before that comes up, but the trailer just dropped, so we had to talk a little bit about it. What else you got for us, Jason? So there was some some news that was, that was happening. So a new live action Street Fighter movie. It's in the works by Legendary Entertainment, man. Ooh, okay. Legendary Hopefully it'll be... is pretty dark. You know what I'm saying? They do some good stuff. I mean, they did great work with uh, King Kong and Godzilla reviving those. I, I, I really like the new versions. Um, that's Legendary, right? Yeah, Legendary oh, uh, yeah. Entertainment's making it. Um, they they got to make it like a Mortal Kombat, the reboot. Like, that's the only way I'll enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, cause, well, cause, we'll see, right? did, did you see the old street? Did, did you watch the old Street Fighter? Uh, I vaguely remember action. it, but I remember it not being very good. It was not good, although I really liked it because I was a kid. But it was, it was not good. Like you rewatch it again, you're like, well, this is pretty, this is pretty awful. What is happening? Right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would, I don't mind a reboot for this, to be honest, because maybe they can get it right, but. It, this this one's tough. If they make it like the the reboot for Mortal Kombat, I'd be okay with it. But it, this one could be a big miss in theaters. I feel. I well, feel. I hope they I hope they do it as good as they did the reboots for Godzilla and King Kong. Shoot, they even did Detective Pikachu, which was a really good like oh, yeah, bringing Pokemon to life. Pikachu. Like that was a really solid. That was that was a fun movie, man. I don't care what anybody says. I love that movie. It was a good um, movie. Definitely a I kids movie, but a good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited. Man, I, I grew up with Street Fighter. I'd love to see Blanca in there, a straight up monster looking motherfucker. Hell yeah, dude. Blanca, Ryu Blanca's and Ken gotta show favorites. up. <clears throat> yeah, it's going um, oh. Do you know any any information about this, or is this just barely, they're That's barely it. doing the writing? Yeah, so Legendary Entertainment bought the rights to the game, and it was like movie rights and stuff. So yeah, yeah. there's already like, yeah, we're going to make a movie. We bought the movie rights, so we're getting ready to make a movie. So this is like the first news about it. We don't know who the director is. We don't know who they're going to cast. Nothing of that like that of the sorts. It's just like they bought the movie rights to it. So obviously, if they're doing that, Legendary is going to obviously make a movie about it. So that's expect this movie to come out probably five years from now. <laughs> so many iconic characters, too, dude. Chun-Li, Cammy. Zangief, uh, what bison, right? Uh, uh those are yeah. all some great characters. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to see all that live action, like a good live action version. You know, who yes, I already like, imagine is Zangief, the dude from Shang-Chi, the one with the sword for hand. Oh, he could be Zangief. yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> uh, that'd be all right, what next for us on HBO? Man, this is news. Yeah, this is some news. I want to give a special shout out to my niece, Charlie, because. This is probably going to make her happy. I don't, I'm pretty sure she's already heard about this news. Uh, so HBO is, is set to make a Harry Potter series, a live action. Um, so it's going to be a, a TV show, and each season is going to be based off of each book. So it's just going to seven books total, so seven seasons. Pretty interesting. Are they bringing back some of the characters? I don't know. They're too old now, so maybe a new cast. Yeah, you know what I kind of really see <clears throat> You know what I kind of want to see is like maybe them not following the main characters or yeah, following the main characters for sure, but maybe extending the outside characters a little bit more, you know, uh, that'd be pretty cool. That's the only way I would probably see it and really enjoy it. Um, they'd have to get a lot of, I mean, to do that, I feel like they'd have to get a lot of input from JK Rowling. I don't know if she's still doing a lot of writing for the Harry Potter world. 
That's true. Uh, well, or maybe, I mean, from what, I, what I've been told, when I remember watching the movies with my sisters early on, she was saying, I was like, yeah, I love, the movies are cool. They're just not as good as the books because they're just missing so much. So maybe this could be benefit uh, the the book fans because they kept telling me like eh, they just got they, they're just missing all this and blah blah blah. So maybe maybe they're gonna get literally every fucking detail from the book straight up into this in this show. Maybe Ooh. a little bit more. That'd be kind of cool, right? Maybe that that would probably uh, make some Harry Potter fans happy. I don't know. Not a Harry Potter huge Harry Potter fan, but. That would be really interesting. I'm playing the game right now, and it's fun. So, hey, you know, um, and HBO, I feel like they make pretty good shows. I mean, they miss a lot, but. Um, yeah, but they, they, I feel like they hit more than they miss. I agree. I'll agree with you on that. Um, Minus Velma, that's hot garbage. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's awful. It's like one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Harry Potter. Moving on. Yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next one, uh, I was pretty excited about this. I'm pretty sure uh, Jamie hearing this Cage will, be... will be excited about this one as well. Oh hell yeah! Uh, I like that. <laughs> I like that callback. Um, Paddington Three starts production on July 24th. We're gonna get a third Paddington movie, guys. Honestly, I Very watched Paddington movies. only because of Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal. <laughs> They're good movies, dude. Yeah, I saw the first one with my daughter before that, but the second one I watched because of because of the <laughs> unbearable weight of massive talent. That was just such a funny scene. I had to watch the movie. I was like, gotta watch it with my daughter. I think they're right though. Paddington Two is probably I like Paddington Two over uh, Paddington One. One of the know. few sequels that's better than the, the 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 original. I feel like. I don't know. I feel like the payoff for the first movie happens in the second movie, but the first movie's stronger, if that makes sense. So it's like yes. a weird, it's a weird uh, relationship that the two films have. Uh, uh, all right. I, I'll agree with you on that. I'll agree with you on that for sure. All right. So Paddington 3, July 24th. Got the out. We'll go. Starting um, production. Starting production. It's not coming out 24th. Oh, just, no. Work. I was excited. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what uh, we got this- next, man? This next one was pretty interesting because I feel like it was too. This is too soon. But uh, yeah, honestly, when I saw this, I didn't think it was true. I thought it was fake news. <laughs> I thought, dude, me too. I was like, no way, hell no. But uh, yeah, uh, The Rock reveals that there's going to be a live action Moana that's gonna, that they're working on. Yo, Moana came out not too long ago, bro. Right? Yeah, and it's good how it is, dude. <laughs> I, like I don't. Uh, I don't it's such like a good movie a that action. they're just gonna. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand. I, I uh, feel like at this point, like uh, Disney is just trying to like uh, creatively. They're like, I don't know what to do. Let's go ahead and just make remake every good movie that we've ever made to a live action. You know what it reminds me of? Remember in the '90s and early 2000s when they were doing sequels to movies nobody asked them to do, and they went straight to DVD or yeah. video. Yeah. This is I feel like this is the new incarnation of it, right? Mm. You nobody's asking for these movies and they're not great. No, they're not terrible. Well, Pinocchio wasn't great. But it was not know, great. It, it was awful. I'll say Cinderella was bad. good. Cinderella was very good. Um what is it? The Maleficent movies, they they're pretty solid. I think that the Jungle Book remake was solid. I personally liked Aladdin. So 
I haven't I, watched Aladdin. I haven't watched Lion King. Lion um, King is boring. I hate saying that, but the original film, it just, it doesn't capture the same magic. It's boring. It's a little bit boring. Yeah, and I, I feel like uh, I, I will. I'll agree with you on that. The Jungle Book was cool. I haven't seen Aladdin, so I can't give perspective on that. Or Cinderella. I actually haven't seen a lot of live action ones. Um, I'm just scared, dude. I'm just scared. I don't want it to ruin it for me. You know what I mean? I fell asleep through Lady and the Tramp, which went straight to Disney Plus. Dude, I forgot that was a live action one. Yeah, yeah. They've. I mean, I don't really. I'm not super excited about Little Mermaid. I don't Me feel neither. like there's going to be a that. whole lot of greatness happening in that movie either. Yeah, dude, not after that trailer came out. I was like, oh, my God. I want to be excited about the Snow White movie. Um, they're not but, even going to have uh, the Seven Dwarfs, dude. What? Yeah, they're not going to have them. What do you, what do you I'm, a, I'm sorry, what, I don't understand. What no, do you no Seven Dwarfs in Snow White. They confirmed <laughs> that's not that's part of the fairy tale, Jason. Stop yeah. fucking with me, Jason. I don't know, man. Hey, they said they're Stop like, playing no. with me, Jason. And they're not going to uh, have them, dude. I'm smart. <laughs> that was like my favorite part of the movie, too. Hi, yeah. ho. Hi, ho. Uh, I'm just hope. upset now. I'm I upset hope. now. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. Fuck The Rock and fuck Moana. <laughs> the original movie is always going to be better. I don't care what happens with it. Ah, God, are you serious? They're not even going to have the dwarves? Are you kidding me? Yeah, dude. I, I mean, we're totally going off topic, but yeah, Moana, The Rock. Sorry. I mean, the, I understand why The Rock is saying we're announcing this because obviously he's Maui, so that's cool, I guess. You actually have one of the characters, but he could still be Maui. It's going to be weird seeing him with a wig like like Palomalu hair. Yeah, That's, dude, he's, I he's, don't not, even... he's not going to have the Palomala hair, I bet you. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to be bald and be the rock. I was like, no, dude, be Maui. You're not, who cares about you? Um, <laughs> well, he was so important that Black Adam had to be all about him, buddy. So I think you should put some respect on his name. Oh, my God, dude. All right. <laughs> I, think I, just, I think I just hit a nerve. <laughs> yeah, he definitely did. Uh, in other news, uh, that we're talking about reboots, so we're gonna let's keep go. Going. Uh, let's Shrek go. 5 has been teased by the Illumination CEO, so it feels like Shrek 5 is happening. So, here, here's my thing. Here's my thing. I was done First after off, Shrek 3. I thought Shrek 4, or I'm sorry, I thought uh, DreamWorks was, was in charge of Shrek, like I thought they owned the rights to Shrek. You're saying Illumination is now in control of the Shrek films? I have no idea. It that's that was just the update that Illumination CEO teased it. So maybe the DreamWorks Ooh. and Illumination are getting together for this A partnership. Uh, no idea, dude. Um, well, that makes sense if you've seen Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. The very end very much teases another Shrek movie. Listen, Shrek's one and two great films. Shrek three trash. Shrek 4, eh, it's all right. I don't hate it, but it's not as good as 1 and 2. I like that world. I'd like to see more stories. They're fairy tale stories. It's easy to do. And uh, I easy hope to make fun Yeah. I hope it's as good as Puss in Boots Last Wish was because that was a damn good movie. I think like, that's I why it's happening, right? It was. Yeah. It, I mean, it did so well that they're like, man, maybe we should bring back Shrek 5. Oh, and they're saying that they're probably going to bring back all the characters, all the voice characters. So, uh, Bring back Cameron Diaz, bring back uh, Eddie Murphy, bringing back um, Mike Myers. So we'll see, dude. 
Well, we'll see if it's any good. I'm hoping it is. You know, I, I don't hate every franchise, but I, I definitely I do love Shrek. The, that first film I know better than a lot of movies. Weirdly enough. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's move on to the next and last trailer. So the next one I'm really excited about. Uh, we got uh, we talked about this in a in a previous pod, but they, we finally got a release date, which will most likely get pushed back, like it always does. But they got an official release date, and it's called Ballerina, the John Wick spinoff with Ana de Armas. We got a release date, guys. It's going to be June 7th, 2024. Oh, John Wick. so excited, dude. I know know he's not in it, but that world, the way they fight, the action scenes, I cannot wait. And Ana de Armas has proven that she can do action, man. She's coming out in what, Ghosted? 007. She was in 007. She was in The Gray Man. She can do these roles, so I'm not worried that she can't handle it. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this movie comes out, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm. St- I think I still have that hype from John Wick Four, and then maybe seeing the trailer from Sisu, <laughs> uh, yes, the World Sisu. War Two, the World War One. Uh, so I'm just I'm like, you got yeah, to watch it. How'd you like Sisu the trailer? The trailer. Uh, was- we had a guest on Eric, and I talked about it a little bit. Oh, dude, it looks so sick. Just give me John Wick action movies, like. I- yeah, I get. Yeah, John Wick ended the series, but yeah, just those those people that are obviously doing the these action films, John mm-hmm. Wick's. I'm gonna call them John Wick type of movies. Uh, the it is a production that. company that that like partners with a specific set of choreographers too. I just yeah, don't yeah. remember the name. Give me all that. Give me all different settings. Give me a female character that were that's the protagonist. Give me all that. Give me the World War One one. And just I'm gonna go watch it, bro. Give me the uh, revenge. Give me the revenge battle that they teased at the end of John Wick 4. That's what I'm I want saying. all of it. I want yeah, all yeah. of those movies. I want to see a movie about the tracker. I want to see a movie about just the hotels, the the, the continentals. continentals. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. That'd be awesome. Or a show. That would actually be a very good show more than a movie. Show would be dope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just where the protagonist barely has any lines. Like John John Wick 4, bro. I think he only said like maybe what, maybe a hundred words, maybe less. No Did idea. you ever see the raid? I, I asked uh, you about this before. I just don't know if you ever watched it. I saw the raid redemption. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you like it? Oh, it was dope. We, we, we talked, talked about, about it on the pod. It. Yeah, yeah we that's what these the movies remind me of very much. So, like, there's just constant action. Very few, very few words are said in the film. Yeah. Uh, it just goes straight to the action. Yet you get fully involved and invested in these characters with certain actions that happen little bits of story which is really all you need it's i i can't wait i can't wait yeah dude oh yeah i mean they're doing it right and uh just give me some more dude take my money you know what i'm saying i know that must ballerina oh she's june so sexy bro. Oh. of next year next year june, we get june one 7th. year oh june 7th i apologize june 7th of next year one year we'll get another john wick movie but all right jason let's get into tv land all right, Jason, I'm going to let you lead this one. Resident Star Wars uh, aficionado, one might say. Connoisseur of the different blends of the Star Wars. Bro, Mando, this, uh, episode five, buddy. Dude, this episode? Uh, dude, I was so excited. Uh, <laughs> again, Star Wars just manages to do like... Uh, do a lot of fan service to us and i fucking love it dude i fucking absolutely love it so we're talking about mendo episode five 
Uh, this is the episode where the Mandalorians go back to this the planet Navarro to help out. Um, fuck, what is his name? Um, the High Magistrate Grief Karga. Yes. Uh, but before that, because uh, they're getting invaded by pirates, <clears throat> before that we run into Blue, the guy for the that runs the Starfighter, who is part of the New Republic, who's trying to obviously <clears throat> uh, reporting from the Outer Rim, sees the pirates. He meets up with a character at a bar, and guys, if you did not, if you've never seen Star Wars Rebels, you guys would have not have noticed this. You're like, who the hell is this huge purple monster? Uh, that is fucking Zeb, guys. He's part of the Rebel crew, and my god, dude, I was, I was not expecting this, and the only thing I could think about was how great the CGI and how well they they portrayed him from the show. Like, I think they it was spot on. The CGI was great. The The facial expressions he was doing was awesome. Even if it was just for a quick minute, I felt like that fucking Leonardo DiCaprio meme where, you know, uh, <laughs> he's like, oh my God. I was, I was like, paint that zip. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> it's like, because she doesn't watch... Uh, rebels but i was literally that guy like pointing at the tv like oh my god oh my god that's him um which only leads <laughs> to like yes we're getting teasers that yes they're gonna bring in the rebel crew uh because we already saw zeb um and we just been getting teasers of the actual ship in the movies that he flies in with uh harris and doula so I, i'm pretty sure they're gonna bring in more of these characters from rebels which only goes to show that they're teasing towards bringing Ezra. Obviously, the Ahsoka series is coming, so they already confirmed that Sabine Wren, uh, another Mandalorian, uh, is going to show up in that series. So I, I was just so pumped that they're bringing the Rebels into this uh, kind of just just giving us a glimpse of it, you know. So that was that was fun. What you what you think? Because I know I know you saw the Rebels. <laughs> I did. I it was funny. Right right when I saw Teva talking to him, I was like, hey. Those rebels. I couldn't remember what his name was. I was like, "Those rebels," and I legit did the, I did the DiCaprio meme. I even pointed, and, uh, and my daughter was watching with me. She's like, "Huh?" I was like, "It's it's God." I can't remember his name, and so we yeah. just kept watching. But I was like, "That's dope." They just threw him in there. Well, Katya, Katya watched Rebels with you too, huh? Yeah, but she didn't pay as close of attention. Yeah, she was oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. she was liking it, but she wasn't like, "Oh, I know every single character." Character. Right. Um, right, right, there right. were a lot of interesting things about this episode, though. It wasn't even just it wasn't even just that uh, that cameo, which I agree with you. So well done. That CGI was fantastic. Just like all those Marvel movies, they just do such a really, really good job. I don't know if you're being sarcastic, but Marvel does previously was doing a great job but like when it gets with all these world buildings and it, it, it can be it can be hard so i don't Rewatch blame them the fight scene from the first black panther and tell me that they had good cgi yeah yeah i guess yeah i guess you're right <laughs> uh, uh sometimes e even little moments are okay but yeah no yeah you're right you're right you're right <clears throat> um but yeah that was just a little quick fan service to start off the show which was awesome gets your attention <clears throat> and uh again this episode is just kind of just showing it's just kind of planting the seed to the start of the first order right <clears throat> oh excuse me and a lot of uh, it is just like a bunch of bureaucracy getting in the way like 
Teva literally says, like, I know something's going on there. And they're uh, they're trying to build something against the New Republic. And that little traitorous uh, soldier that used to be Moff Gideon's right hand chick is there just feeding misinformation to the to their leader or well, they're they're not their leader, but they're uh, higher up they're, yeah, the person they answer to. Like- it's like, yeah, well, they didn't sign up to be part of the New Republic, and we have other stuff we need to worry about. And if they didn't sign up, then we can't help them. We're shit. They're sh- they're pretty much shit out of luck, is what they were saying. I was like, and uh, our homeboys like, no, like we we need to go, like we need to help them. Even people that, yeah, if they want to be independent, that's great. But we don't want to be like the Empire again. Like we want to be able to help everyone out. Yeah, even well, if that's the empire of was able to grow so quickly because they could grow outside of the republic. I think they it did a lot a... of things outside of uh, the eyes of the republic on worlds that the republic wasn't paying attention to. Exactly. I mean, that, I mean, pretty much right. Like uh, the the separatists, they start mm-hmm. off as separatists, and then like, it, yeah. So it was just, uh, it's crazy how you can see like the the early seeds of the first order that's about to come up, come about. So that was crazy. So, so what, what's he, what does he end up doing? He ends up going to uh, the planet where the Mandalorians live, uh, where they they're call, currently, they're calling their home right now, where there's a bunch of monsters and they're getting attacked on a daily basis. Yo, I got a question. What's what up? are they going to do with those baby, uh, those baby raptors, those flying oh. monster looking things? I'm going to tell, tell you what's going to happen. They're going to cook them. They're going to cook them. They're going to grow up, and one of them is going to belong to our friend Grogu. Ooh, I like that. I like that. He's going to be the the Mandalorian Jedi who rides a monster. I like it. Yeah, a little reptar looking thing. He's going to look like uh, like, (laughs) an avatar, you know, when he's riding those those big flying birds. It's going to be like that. He's like, oh, he's definitely Grogu's the chosen one. Um, it's interesting they call them raptors too. I'm like, well, they don't really look that much. I mean, a little bit. But... Look like raptors, yeah. Um, so yeah. So uh, what was his name? What's his name? I call him Blue. Uh, Tava something. I don't remember Tava. his full name. So he 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 goes to the Mandalorian's planet, right? The Mandalorian's like, what are you doing here? Uh, that R five unit has a a beacon where they can track them. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. We're not. Like we we want to like we will we'll let you guys do you but uh, your your old planet Navarro needs your help, um you know grief grief Karga needs your help, and obviously Mandel's like yeah I'm gonna go help them and all the Mandel's like no what for we fought them before they pushed us out of that planet and Navarro we're not gonna help them, and then a uh, homeboy with a fucking big ass gun is like you know what I'm gonna go too, um because Bo-Katan helped me save my son and Mando was like and they're helping us so why can't we return the favor and help them. Dude, okay, let me let me let me backtrack a little bit. Definitely, all right. Backtrack, backtrack. So, Teva shows up and warns them, and he knows that Din Djarin is going to go help no matter what. He's just trying to see how many people he can get to help him. Bo-Katan is in. You already know she's in because she's more a, a she has more allegiance to Din Djarin than anyone else in that group, including the Armorer. Right. At least in my opinion, that's what I see. And so he speaks in front of the group. He has to hold the hammer in order to be able to speak in front of the group. So he's holding this hammer, and he he's he pretty much tells them he tells them like this guy fought against us. He killed some of our people, but he's changed and he is on our side now. He is an ally. He has helped me. Uh, if anyone is willing to help, right? 
And then, uh, Va- oh God, what's his name? Vizla. Paz Vizla. Paz Vizla. Oh, there you go. Better Paz Vizla gets up. He he gets up and he's like, exactly. This guy has killed our men. I was there. I watched it happen when he mowed them down. So I ask you, why would we go and help these people? And then he just gets hyped. He's like, because we're Mandalorians. That's yeah, why. that was sick. Like, yeah. ah, you thought he was going to refuse, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought he had. I thought he still had like a vendetta after losing that sword. But then he goes on to say, like, Bo-Katan and Din Djarin have sacrificed their lives several times for my son. I'm willing to join them. Uh, and everybody was just like, oh, shit, we're doing this. Like, oh, and, shit, this is the way. Let's go. Yeah, and they get into that battle, man. It is a pretty, it's a pretty good street battle. Like, they have, they have some snipers posted. They, they're going through literally the streets, getting behind cars. It's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, slowly they're they're closing in on the pirates, right? And I find it funny because mm-hmm. in a firefight, Din Djarin led away a bunch of the fighters, so Bo-Katan could attack the main ship. Well, because they're they're both flying, uh, Bo-Katan yeah. at at this point, Mando and Bo-Katan are flying, and everyone else are foot foot soldiers trying mm-hmm. to attack the main base. Yep. Yeah, and he's led them far away, and obviously they do a cliff run. Of course they do. They always have to go in between some cliffs in Star Wars. That's just how it goes. And, and it's uh, always awesome, too. <laughs> and then the captain, if you can tell me his name, Jason, that's 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 the one that I'm not remembering right now. The, the one that looks like he's made out of, like, green plants. Green moss? Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, don't I don't know his name, dude. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Dude, there, there's so many names that you have to try and remember. So At this point, there really are. There are a lot of people... For you to remember, <laughs> there's like, oh wow, there's there's actually quite a few that that are in the Gorian Shard. There's quite a few that are that are in this story that are brand new characters, including Vane, which is what I was getting to. He looks like uh, some pirates that we've seen before, and he just he flies mm-hmm. off when he sees the battles getting lost. Um, of course, they save the day as per usual, and I, I found it interesting that there's a big conversation had at the end of the show, which opens to me opened a lot of doors uh, for what they can do with different episodes of this show. I know Dude. one of them was, was going to be a show, which is the very last scene, but even before that with Bo-Katan and the armor, I thought this was a big piece of the episode that really tells us a little bit more of what we're going to see. I'm hoping to see anyway, from this ne- from the next parts of this season and hopefully next season. Uh, walk us through that, Jason. So the armor, pretty much after they won the battle and um, the high magistrate griefed Karga, uh, pretty much sounds like, hey, you guys, we have an area. Like, I know you guys don't have a home. I know we guys, we pushed you guys out of your home, but there's a, there's a spot here in this planet that we will leave you guys and we'll that will be a part of you guys we'll leave you guys alone we understand we respect your guys' thing so you guys are more than welcome to stay here the armor goes back to her base underground and uh you know Bo-Katan walks in he's like yep yeah. uh talks about home or something like that but I feel like the armor re- is realizing like she's realizing like if we were able to bring Bo-Katan and Jin Darn together and they both removed their masks but there was we were still able to get together and it was just kind of foreshadowing like a just like realizing that we're stronger together 
And yeah, even though we're probably all different, we're seeing the way differently with other Mandalorians, but there's still other Mandalorians out there. We need to bring them together because together we're stronger. And that is the only way we can rebuild our, our planet and our, our, you know, our culture. So she pretty much is like, well, Katan, you walked both ways. You can remove your helmet. I am sending you on a mission pretty much is what she said. Well, after she comes out and uh, everyone's like, why she remove her helmet? It's like, we're sending Bo-Katan on a mission to go find other Mandalorians. This is the only way we can be one again and bring our people back together and rebuild our our, our people is to bring all, pretty much all cultures. Like, it feels like all religions almost, right? Is that what it feels like? Or all, yeah. like, like, all bringing them all together. We all need to be one together. And I could not help but think that it's like, oh, shit, Bo-Katan's going to go find Sabine Rand. She's going to go find so. other Mandalorians, yeah. right? yeah. Uh, that was Sabine. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Sabine for the listeners out there, she is part of Zeb's crew. Uh, she's a Mandalorian, um, and she's so a she, badass. Like she, she is a she fucking can, badass. Yeah, she can fight. She was. Uh, I mean, I always felt a, like a sexual tension with her and Ezra. Uh, guys, Ezra is the Jedi that's missing right now. Which uh, that's another story. <laughs> um, that I, I think we may see in the Ahsoka series. I yes. also think we're going to see uh, what is Thrawn? Thrawn. Thrawn I feel like Thrawn. he's oh my god, Thrawn, I can't Grand wait Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see him again. Um, what I also noticed was I thought it was it gave me a lot of respect for the character of the armor. It just showed that she had she had the wisdom to understand that there is a bigger picture that she is working for, which is rebuilding Mandalore. Whatever yeah. that looks like, she that's her main purpose, right? She understands that I have these beliefs, but to get the world that I so worship back, we need to bring all of the Mandalorians, whether or not they follow the creed the same way I do, we need to get all those Mandalorians back and rebuild what we yes. have. And I thought that was just so interesting because she tells, you can see Bo-Katan does not want to take it off. She's like, I literally just became accepted by you guys and you're the only other Mandalorians left. You could see it. She's bought in. Yep. And she tells her, do you trust, pretty much, do you trust me? And she's like, yes. And I, dude, I, love I understand. That. I love that for Bo-Katan too. Like just the way they're doing her character justice and like, right because she's so much she's so different from how she is now because she's older and wiser and everything that she went through back in the clone wars where she turned on her sister and pretty much ended up causing her sister's death and pretty much caused the fall of mandalore you know her 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 judgments her calls that she made and now she's just trying to walk the way and she's just like realizing this so like it's kind of just a good redemption story for bo-katan as well and i hope she just follows the right path. So, like, I fucking love what they're doing with Bo-Katan. Just yeah. a nice redemption story for her. And I love it, dude. I fucking so excited for it, dude. And I love it. I love I it. I know. The armor walking <laughs> out with her with the mask. All right. With her, uh, not mask, with her helmet off. Everyone staring in the armor is like, no, this is the only way we're getting Mandalore back. She has she has been part of both cultures now. Yeah, she has walked away uh, on our yeah for us, and then she's also taken the helmet there. So she's gonna go find other people, other Mandalore to to join us and become whole again and stronger. I love, oh, dude, I love that ending. I really feel like we may uh, in later seasons get characters from Bad Batch, specifically um, Omega. 
but we'll see. We'll see. That's that's still a long ways from. I think that's a long ways of planning away. But I feel like that connection is going to be coming because of this move right here. Like I, I feel as though Omega's going to end up with some Mandalorian armor. I don't know why I think that, but I do. Oh, I like that. Now, did you finish watching Bad Batch? I have not finished watching okay. Bad Batch. Okay, we'll save you it can for go another and... episode. No, I no, I will. I will not. <laughs> I will not because the last three episodes are fucking amazing, and I want okay. to talk about that with you. So okay, we're gonna wait. Okay. We're gonna wait to talk. Well, about we'll it. come back to that. We'll put a pin in that. We'll have a little, another little Star Wars segment uh, next week for that one. But it was great. Now the last thing, uh, as as we have here in our notes, guys, there's a twist at the end. Uh, Teva is on patrol and he finds a a New Republic ship that has been attacked. It has been breached, so everyone inside is frozen to death uh, and suffocated. Obviously. This was the ship that was carrying Moff Gideon. So clearly Moff Gideon has escaped. As we all kind of figured he did because they keep mentioning him. And they keep, in this episode, they kept talking about how they heard that he never made it to trial. Sure enough, he has not made it to trial because he has been broken free. Now, one huge piece of evidence they got off of that scan was a shard of Mandalorian armor, Beskar armor, who do you think it is? Dude, I have no idea. And that's what's pissing me off. Because <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck is it? Uh, there has been, uh, I feel like uh, in, in Rebel series, there was those Mandalores that lived in the moon that were working for the Empire. It could mm-hmm. be them from Rebels. Yeah. But I, 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 that would be my best guess if it is Mandalorians. Or maybe they're trying to frame Mandalorians so they can go after Din Djarin. I'm not sure, dude. Like, it's just... There's a lot of questions there, and I'm wondering oh, if Bo-Katan is going to be the one who runs into this Mandalorian at the same time as the yes. New Republic. Yep. And then Din Djarin is obviously going to play a role in that because it's his show, and, and he took over another show at some point, so we know that it's not going to go off and tell someone else's story. Um, <laughs> but anyway, great episode, guys. A lot of implications. I feel like there are a lot of Star Wars, uh, like a lot of the world of Star Wars connections in this show, it feels like tentacles just like, like just came out of everywhere. You'd think Star Wars is already a pretty big universe, but the world building they're doing is insane. Like there are so many connections. I'm loving, I'm loving it. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving, loving it. it. Ba da ba ba You know what I'm saying? Ba da ba ba ba. Yeah, hell yeah. Everything that they're doing is pretty great so far. I'm enjoying Mando. Uh, obviously, uh, the episodes, the episodes that are coming are going to be being closing the season, and they're pretty much uh if you think about season one and the end of season two man they're pretty uh they're really good and pretty heartbreaking so <laughs> well we'll we'll see we'll see what's next for us yeah we'll see what the new uh the new main issue is because before right he was trying to get grogu to um to the jedi and now that's happened grogu wants to stay with him now they're trying to rebuild Mandalore, so I want to see what the stakes are at the end of this season and yeah, what well what uh, what we end up seeing happen. Well put, my friend. Well put. All right. You, you've been watching some things, though, Jason, so we're going to move on. That's it for our Star Wars take, guys. In, uh, let us know what you think of Mando Episode 5, but moving on to some things Jason has caught up on. Yo, so this one, I just want to just real quick, 
It's called, uh, it's available on Hulu. It's called This Fool. This Fool. Yeah, I talked this about Fool. it. <laughs> yeah, you talked about it. So I just, uh, I finally got around to watching it. Uh, it, was a, it was a show that came out on 2022. Very easy watch, guys. Uh, they're about 20-minute episodes. Um, I will be honest with you, Luigi. At first, I didn't like it because I felt like uh, they were too... Uh, too much with the stereo Hispanic stereotypes, right? And I was like, all right, they're not. It's like written that. by like, Hispanics, though, so I'm like, well, I mean, they're playing off them to make money. I, I can't hate yeah, on that. Yeah, I feel like they're kind of like they were over exaggerating with the, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? In some like, cases. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, all right, all right, like, I get it. But well, again, let's be honest, you do know, we we know some of those people, man. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. And, and that, that's what I'm saying. At first, I hated it, and then I grew to like it. Comes like all right you know what they're actually making fun of our cult not yeah because it's hispanics wrote it it's hispanics acting in it and self-degradation yeah 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 and uh one episode a lot of episodes like really reminisce with me um the limpia episode where they get an egg and it's like oh you got all these demons around you right because my grandma used to do that shit to me bro uh would get an egg to see to get all the demons out of you and all that all that all that evil out of you and if the egg yeah. would have this you had the evil of you and you know like that shit like fucking just took me back to my childhood uh the uh the whole the first holy communion episode that took me back like there was just a lot of stuff that like just took me back to like my childhood and my culture which uh i really loved uh and i guess the best explanation i, I would say if you guys ever watched the show dave uh it's kind of like that but like hispanic uh, growing oh, okay. up, you know, a Hispanic family growing up in LA, and these people are just trying to live, dude. And it just, it just felt, I it just felt like that. Uh, my favorite character is probably Luis, uh, the, the yeah, the cousin, uh, the, yeah, the cousin that gets out of prison, and he's uh, that was fucking funny. Uh, trying to rehab. Uh, I, I first, I've actually first seen him in uh, YouTube videos as Creeper, where he's doing the Cholo workout things. Uh, if you guys ever seen those, that's uh, that's who plays that character. Um, my second favorite character is actually the the girl character, the love interest to Julio. Oh, she's pretty cool. She's pretty funny. Dude, I I love her, and my least favorite character is actually probably Julio, bro. I don't like Julio. Uh, the main like guy. Yeah, 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 he's all right. He's all right. I think uh, I think he just he doesn't deliver super well, but he had uh, he did have some moments. There's just a lot of conflict, you know, with within him, within himself that obviously which causes the drama in a lot of the show so you need that but that's why i don't like him but i'm pretty sure he's going to redeem himself in later seasons they already renewed it for a second season so it did it did well um i heard actually heard them in a podcast so they're saying like yeah we're we're shooting the second season already so uh glad to see that i'm, I'm honestly excited to see the second season of it because overall it was fun i would give it like a 7.4 uh, worth watching. It was super easy to watch, man. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that show. Definitely excited to watch the second season. I cracked up with it. So I'm excited yeah. to hear it. This full guys, too. watch it. Get ready for uh, season two. All right, Jason, here's a big one that you, you I know you can do us do a little recap for us. De- definitely a recap for you guys. I finally, we, you guys went on this journey with me and uh, I want to say thank you for that. First of all, first of all, and foremost, <laughs> season eight of Game of Thrones. I saw I'm finally done watching Game of Thrones, guys. Man, um, I can see why people were upset. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Did I hate it? Did I hate it, though? No, no. 
no, uh, no, no. It no. was very disappointing, though. A lot of yes. people hated it. I was just like, man. And for me, it's specifically Daenerys' storyline. Like, they fucked that up. Like, they I did, just, bro. Yeah. It just didn't make, it didn't work. It felt so just like, what? They planted little baby seeds here and there. I tried to rationalize myself uh, with it before. But I look at it now, I'm like, no, those weren't enough. That wasn't Not enough. enough. Not enough for her to kill completely innocent people, bro. Like, she is the breaker of chains. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I understand her, like, kill it. Like, it doesn't, it never fully adds up. If she spent all this time, like, doing good deeds, and then to get over here to be the rightful ruler here, and then all of the, what? No, it just, it didn't, it didn't work for me. Yeah, it didn't really sit well with me. Um, I will say that. Um, but we, before we get all the way to the end of the season, uh, <laughs> I will say this, uh, Arya, man, she's a true fucking G, bro. She's a fucking goddamn right. She is badass, bro. Um, season was eight, this, right? Was this the season where uh, Littlefinger tries to turn her and Sansa against each other? Or was that season no, seven? No, that was season seven, bro. Uh, we talked about seven, this. Like, that's right. That's yeah. Right, that's season, right. season eight is the one where Arya kills the Night King. Yes, he does. Or yes, she Winter does. King. And the way she does it, too. He's got her hand, and then she just drops it and gets the other one. Bam! Ah, ah. ah so good. So good. <laughs> oh, well, it, was, it was awesome. Uh, How'd you feel uh, about that fight? It was a long battle. A lot of people hated how dark it was. I thought it really added to like the horror of what the moment was supposed to be. What did you think? Yes and no. So I really liked when the Dothraki, they... They, uh, the flame, the, the flame on their swords. They went to go out and attack because they could mm-hmm. see that that they're coming. And little by little, the flames start to disappear, meaning that they're fucking getting worked. And East Darth Raki are known to be one of the best fighters, and they just fucking get yoked. And it puts fear into the other people that are trying to defend Winterfell. Um, so I thought that was really cool, like because that's that, like you said, that that horror aspect of like, oh, what the fuck. But I kind of did wish I saw a little bit. Like, yeah, I get it. It's dark. We can't see them. They're the dead, the unknowing. You you're, you don't know. It's scary within itself. It kind of would have been nice to just see a little bit more clear, especially the the dragon fight scenes where um, Jon Snow is fighting with the Night King, uh, yeah, and uh, Daenerys is fighting with the Night King with on the dragons. That was chaotic. You couldn't. You could barely see. <laughs> yeah, that was not great. Watching the dragons at night fight was cool, but you couldn't tell who was who. Yeah, exactly. That was like kind of our main point. Like, I get it. Like uh, that snow is coming, and the Night King is using that to his advantage, where you don't know where they're coming from. I get it. And maybe they kind of wanted us to feel like we were in that, but it just didn't work for me personally. No, that makes sense. I I really enjoyed that battle, uh, but yes, there were issues. I thought it was. It was very much like a, a last ditch effort, and it felt like it. Like you felt like you were on the edge of your seat the whole time. Like, are they, are they about to lose this shit? <laughs> At least for me, because I, you know, we didn't know where the show exactly was going to go. We had some, some strong ideas as to what was going to happen, but we were also like, man, this is this was supposed. I thought this was going to be the epic battle, but it turns out uh, this is, this is the battle. This is one of the battles, but well, not even the last battle. Right, right. Uh, but we did see uh, Jorah's death in this one. Um, and I feel like that's kind of led up to what 
Daenerys did towards the end because that was like one of her last like uh, well not one of the last ones because there's another one uh, but yeah Jorah dying kind of like again it just affected uh, Daenerys in a, in a bad way um, but they did hit, do him justice dude like he died protecting her and saved her at the end of the day if you think about it so um, very sad to see um, Bella Ramsey ends up dying the little kid right she's leading her her troops and she's like i'm not gonna hide and jorah's trying to tell her is like no like we need you to keep our line going he's like no i'm not doing that bella ramsey ends up the way she ends up dying too a fucking zombie giant comes in breaks through the doors and bella ramsey fights this giant off obviously the giant ends up crushing her but without before she fucking stabs him right in the eye you know what i'm saying um i was surprised though dude I thought Bella Ramsey couldn't turn. I, I thought she couldn't turn into a zombie. You know, I thought she was immune into turning into zombies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Am I wrong? Well, on here we are. well you know, no, these are the frozen type. <laughs> these are the frozen type. Okay. Okay. This is it's like uh it's like Not the mushroom one, man. You know what I Not mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It's okay. a it's a totally different type. Oh, you took me back to Jorah's death. Wow, what a scene. What a scene. That was that was <laughs> it, great. It was, dude. And uh um oh yeah uh Greyjoy ends up dying too um he, he there was Brent. no other way for him to to go uh protecting who Brent yeah i mean yeah. after what he almost did to Brent right when he burnt those kids alive that yeah. set him on this whole path yep uh of redemption because i mean he loses arguably he is one of the people that loses the most cuz he already lost his family once he loses them again in an even worse way and, and then he loses us he loses his adoptive family because he fucked up so bad he loses his male appendage uh that is that is something he loses all of his self-respect and his dignity and his worth just to like come back full circle and protect the kid he was he was trying to hunt down in the first place yeah, it was crazy. It, it, it all came full circle, so I really liked uh, the ending, uh, an ending for him like that. I thought that was great. Um, although I will say this, I don't feel like enough characters died in this in this uh, winter battle, whatever it's <laughs> yeah. called. Uh, was definitely, dude, they, sh- uh... they showed a lot of people almost dying, like Sam and uh, Brienne, Jamie, like all these people like oh my god the hound literally looked like almost everyone was getting ready to die and, and then Arya saves Arya the day. Fucking day we saw this coming though because again this is kind of what pissed me off about this episode was they're getting it looked like everyone was gonna die even Jon Snow he's trying to fight that dead dragon and he can't get free um as the Night King's getting ready towards Bran to kill Bran, and everyone looks like they're getting ready to die, but we don't see Arya. So we, Jamie and I were like, Arya's somewhere, where is she? You know what I mean? Like, that, it kind of gave it away. It was foreshadowing. Also, like, when the, the Red Woman was like, uh, I don't know, she was talking to Arya, and then Arya's like, oh, I got something to do, and then, like, blah, 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 she, like, left. And then after that, we never see her again. And then they're showing everybody really about to die, minus aria so it kind of just foreshadowed that she was the one that was going to kill the night king so that kind of like so you figured it out 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had seen it through a video, but like, I was like, oh, I see the foreshadowing. Wait, you saw Who Kills the Night King? Ah, I did, I did, I did. Um, Jamie, well, that's the worst giveaway. Okay, okay. Yeah, Jamie didn't though. So she, she actually said it. I kept myself mouth shut. There was a scene that happened. She's like, she's gonna kill the Night King. I know. (laughs) I didn't say shit, and I was like, oh, okay, interesting. You know what I mean? So I I didn't want to ruin it for her. So. That happens. Awesome, right? Great. They win. Uh, you know, as soon as you kill the Night King, everything that the Night King, um, all his fucking soldiers die immediately because you kill the, the main brain, it kills all of them. So they, they ended up winning. They ended up saving Winterfell. They ended up saving the people. And they still got to deal with Cersei, though, because Cersei did, decided not to fucking join these people. So now they got to get ready for a battle with Cersei. Man, that go that ahead, is rough. Go ahead. <laughs> it, dude, so many so many people fucking died in that, and now um oh I, yes and you know Daenerys is like all right now you got to help me we got to go and they're like saying I was like no we got to chill I was like she's gonna grow her army stronger and bigger and we we just got to go now we got two dragons we can fucking run this shit Jon Snow's like we can't do this um. Oh, before this shit happens, though, actually, before the Battle of Winterfell happens, Jon Snow finds out he is the son of a Targaryen. And he's actually the son of um, a Stark. So he is the true fucking heir. He is Aegon. Yeah, he, he is, is Aegon. Aegon from uh, House of Dragon. The one that... Before Pump the brakes. So, so his true name is Aegon Targaryen. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go back to House of Dragons. If you guys watch House of Dragons, Viserys on his deathbed and was telling Rhaenyra too that there's the what's it called? The house, the the, the song, right? What, what's the song called? The Song of uh, Fire and Ice. Or Ice the Fire. Song of, yeah, the Song of Fire and Ice and that Aegon is the true savior and blah, blah, blah. And he is the one. He's a true king. Now you see why it's the Song of Fire and Ice, right? Yeah, that is crazy. That is fucking nuts. So when Viserys is dying and telling Rhaenyra that, he's like, Aegon, my son Aegon, the baby that I just had, Aegon. And then what's homegirl's name? I forgot what was her name. Uh, Rhaenyra's friend. That was not her friend anymore. Alicent. She thinks it's Aegon, her son Aegon, that should be the, the true savior and the true king, which causes a whole ruckus, and that's what causes the Dance of Dragons, right? Um. But they don't realize that it's actually an Aegon further down the road, which is going to be end up being Jon Snow, which causes yeah. the whole spinoff for the Jon Snow, Jon Snow series, right? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Um, I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, again, I felt like Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Um, <laughs> that's what it felt like to me. Um, so, yeah, anyways, we, we go back to <clears> – <throat> so Ra- Rhaenyra <clears throat> is upset that – Jon Snow is not really John a Targaryen. It's like uh, she's his aunt, right, or something like that. Yes, she's his aunt, and uh, she's she's telling us like, oh, so what? Like, you can't like. I need you to still bend the knee and tell me you'll you'll follow me. And Jon Snow's like, I never wanted to be king. So it's like, why tell me this then? 
And he's like, you're still my queen. You're going to be always be my queen and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like that also hurt Rhaenyra, uh, uh, Daenerys. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of just, again, it's just foreshadowing her, her turn towards the end, right? I don't know. I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> they go in and meet Cersei. Uh, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to attack, uh, uh, was it? Uh, King's Landing? Yeah, they're, they're going to attack King's Landing. Uh, they got their ships ready to go. They got a plan worked out. They shoot down one of the dragons. So now Daenerys only has one dragon left. And they capture uh, Grey Worm's girl, um, Manasseh. Right? And God. they end up, yeah, they end up killing Manasseh in front of uh, Daenerys. And that's when she loses it, bro. I think that's when she loses it. That's it. And that that's when she decides to go on a tyrant and destroy the, all of all the innocent people in King's Landing. Masande. 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 There we go. Oh, uh, one thing I did like, too, uh, before all this happened, uh, Brienne of Tarth and Jamie Lannister finally hook up, dude. That was awesome. <laughs> I mean, that was something. It was For me, it was a little like, oh, well, yes and no. Did it need really? to happen? Probably not. Um, really? But... No, I was all about yes, dude. I, I felt that sexual tension the whole time. I did, but I did enjoy their friendship. Like, they were truly, like, they were truly, like, um, obviously not brothers in arms, but you get my point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, the fact that she, that uh, Jamie, Jamie, <clears throat> like, yeah, that's pretty nice. Wanted to be a knight, dude. That, that moment, oh my God, before they go into war in Winterfell, that moment was awesome. And then, even then, dude, like, when they fell in love, and then when Jamie realizes, like, I'm still in love with Cersei and I do anything for her. And then Brienne is begging him to stay because she knows like, if you go over there, you're going to die. Oh man. That's why I love that scene where they finally fucking uh, did it, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It made, it made that moment even more precious and even more precious later on when Brienne is writing a book about Jamie, right? Writing about his, his feats that he did, and that's another callback to like previous seasons when uh, someone was make was talking shit to Jamie. He's like, "Oh, look at you! You're you're little like you got all Kingslayer. these, chap- yeah, you got all these chapters about all these other knights, and then you, your greatest feat, you were a Kingslayer. You stabbed him right in the back, huh? Some knight, right? And Jamie's like, mm-hmm. well, I still got more. And like, yeah, okay, that's all you're ever going to be known for. That's that's always going to be your greatest feat. Nothing else. You fucking bum." Pretty much what they told him. <laughs> yeah. And then Brienne, and then Brienne comes and fucking writes a fucking beautiful thing for him, and uh, died protecting his queen. Oh, beautiful chef's kiss. Great callback. Um. So yeah, I, I love everything be- between Brienne and Jamie, and even Cersei's death, bro. Um. I did not like Cersei's death. I think she got off too easy. But I did like that Jamie died with her, and I feel like his payoff was kind of good. You know, yeah, I I felt like his payoff was good. I think that's why her death wasn't so bad because his story couldn't end well if she yeah, has a horrible I, death. I kind of want it like I kind of wanted hounds to like fucking tear her apart, bro. You no, know I get saying? that. I get that. I thought it was great in, in the final battle that uh, the mountain and the hound finally got to duke it out to the death. Yep. Great. Well, great scene too and then the hound finally like killing his brother and dropping him into the fire with himself overcoming mm-hmm. his fear of fire epic bro truly epic 
Yeah, it was it was a hell of a final episode to see all of these things happen. And of course, uh, they, I mean, they wrap it up right. Bran ends up becoming king of all of Westeros, and he has he has the power to see all of the future and all of the past. So that's a great king. He's just emotionless. He can't see um, the future. I thought he could only see present, everything that's happening now, and the past. Oh, that everything that has ever happened. Oh, I guess yeah, so. Sorry. Everything, yeah, everything that's ever happened and everything that's ever happening now. He yeah. can't see into the future. So it's a pretty good quality for a king to have. Um, I thought it was great to see that Sansa became queen in the north. I thought that was just really, really dope. She takes over Winterfell. Uh, that was really nice after everything she went through from the very first season when I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit, I couldn't stand her. Um, couldn't stand her either, over, bro. Remember? Remember over, I told you this? Yeah, yeah. There were pe- <laughs> I was an apologist for her like earlier than most people because as she was, I mean, you could just see that she was constantly suffering from like season, what was it, season two on. <laughs> you know, she, she had a whole lot of time to suffer. Um, but it was great to see that you see that John doesn't get killed because uh, they wanted to, you know, obviously he kills Daenerys. Technically, she was the ruler. So he's supposed to he's supposed to die for that. Instead, they send him off with the wildlings north of the wall to live his life out. And that was I mean, several well, times in the show, he is they, they sent him to, to be, be there part of the anyway. Night's Watch again. Uh, and then and then he runs into a. Um, uh, homeboy, a uh, ginger guy, I forgot his name. Love that. And they let Love him that go. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. And then he decides to go north of the wall. Which um, makes sense. I mean, I think he always wanted to be there anyway. So now, now he gets to really live a free life. Uh, good for Jon Snow. It was a great show. Good. I, I honestly really loved it. I loved that show. It was really just because they built up Daenerys so much for you throughout the whole show. To see the way that it ends without a good buildup just didn't make sense for me. But overall, yeah. what'd you think of Game of Thrones, man? As uh, in the pantheon of great shows, where does it land for you? What is it? What is it? Uh, you're wanting my ranking, huh? I, I mean, I'd like to see just generally. It's hard to rank uh, <laughs> shows just because the seasons are so different. But overall, how'd you feel about it? No, I'm going to give you a ranking. Overall, 9.1. Dang. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh, definitely a love. Definitely a love. Um, yeah, dude, I loved it. Again, um, my favorite season was definitely season seven, actually. Yeah, mine is um, season six, then season seven, then five, yes. four, three, two, one, and then eight is my least favorite. Yes. Uh, I do really love the battles in eight, though. You know, I'm not going to be apologetic about that. Yeah. Anyway. Let's move on because we, you know, this is this is older news. We got to get on to some other dragon news. Uh, I recently saw Dungeons and Dragons. Went to see it this weekend. I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, it is what it seems. They do a lot of what I assume is paying uh, homage to the games. So it it shows a lot of scenes where it feels like you're you're in a situation from Dungeons and Dragons, the games. Uh, Overall, I had a fantastic time. The best description I can give is that it's a romp. Chris Pine is great in it. Michelle Rodriguez is a great time in it. Uh, all of the characters are honestly... Justice Smith is fun to watch. I cannot recall her name, but she's in It. Do you remember the, the red Oh, red-headed girl? chick. Yep, yep, yep. Yes. 
great uh, great she, actress yeah she's a great actress god no, 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 give me a second sophia lillis sophia lillis does a great job uh reje john page is actually pretty funny and of course is it, ladies is that loved that, uh, him in that okay. scene yeah ladies yeah. love reje john page especially yeah. Pita, right all right let's relax all right gabby you're not allowed to talk about him uh <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, we talk about Anna Darvis like all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm just playing. She gives me crap, so I got to give her crap. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I really enjoyed his scenes. I thought he was funny in a dry humor kind of way. So overall, I had a really good time watching this movie. I had like a really good time watching this movie. I immediately wanted to see another one. I wanted to see more story. So I, I had a good time. I know some people wanted it to be more adult. I was fine with the way it played out. Again, it was just so much fun. And talk about world building with Star Wars. This one does, in my opinion, does some great world building as well. And I'd love to see some sequels. I'd love to see show spinoffs. I'd love to spend more time in this world watching these characters just uh, be silly and ridiculous and go on fantastic adventures. Highly recommend Oh, sorry. Uh, you can definitely do so much with Dungeons and Dragons because there's so many spinoff stories, right? Um, so yeah. I can definitely see a, a sequel coming to it. Um, you mentioned that someone prefer like they kind of wish it was a little bit more adultish. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you guys that want that, if you guys felt that way after you saw this movie, uh, I recommend watching a Vox Machina available on Amazon Prime video. Uh, it's a cartoon series that's Dungeons and Dragons type. But a little bit more on the adult side. Uh, it's actually really funny and uh, really fun, too. So I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, okay. I definitely need to check that out. Now, <laughs> I will say I'm going to... There is a cameo in this movie that is just downright hilarious. So when you watch this movie, Jason, let me know. I, at this time, again, recency bias. I love everything. So excuse my rating if it, if you don't feel the same. But... I'm giving this one like an 8.3. Ooh, it was nice. a fun you enjoyed, movie. You enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. I wanted to go 8.5, but I'm like, that's entering like amazing territory. I don't know if it was amazing, but it was pretty it's pretty good. So right now I'm settling it around 8.3. It might lower down to an 8.0, but right now I'm sticking with 8.3. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So that's it for us this week, Jason. You have any shout outs? Um, I do, man. Uh, shout out to um, all the people that are going to be hosting us for Easter in El Paso. I can't wait to see all of you guys. So all my family, shout out Charlie, shout out Janet, shout out Mark, shout out Sebastian, shout out Joel, shout out Judith, shout out Emily, just literally fucking everybody that's going to be showing me some hospitality over there and just seeing my nieces, nephews, and just loved ones. I can't wait for that. Uh, obviously shout out Jamie for just, uh, I hope we can show you a good time again. Yeah. Yeah, Holding it down for us. Uh, shout out to the homies. Hopefully you guys can make it out on Saturday. Uh, we're going country dancing, so I hope they can make it out. I know a lot of, a lot of the homies aren't country fans, but, uh, Hey, country dancing is different though. That's, that's a good time. Yeah. Country dancing. It's it's still a bar, you know, we're still having a good time. Yeah. The music's not, I remember going, I remember going to the country bars, you and I would go. It was a fun time. It was a good time. Yeah, great time. You know, it's it's always a good time. You know, with with people that you love. Uh, 
can't wait. So yeah, I'm super excited for that. And uh, yeah, I hope all of you guys have a great Easter. So shout out to all you guys. All right. Um, for me, shout out to all the listeners. Once again, uh, it's just been amazing watching the podcast grow a little bit, really get listeners to jump in on some of the stuff that we're doing and, and just asking great questions. The mailbag questions were, was one of the funnest episodes I've ever done. Uh, we're definitely going to be doing some off, uh, off of, off of recent things episodes. So we're going to be doing some things that are a little bit older every once in a while uh, to reminisce. And you guys can reminisce with us on some of those shows and movies and things from different time periods and styles. So shout out to you guys for making this fun for us and making this worthwhile. Uh, shout out to Gabby for holding it down for me and love you guys. Again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Revenge of the Pod.